Welcome to the Go Hard Chick Podcast, your podcast for all things health and wellness for women. This is your host, Crystal Holmes, and it is my mission to inspire and empower women to overcome stress and prioritize their inner healing for improved energy, health, and confidence. Our focus here at the Go Hard Chick Podcast is on the eight pillars of wellness, which we believe provides a holistic approach to achieving a healthier and more fulfilling life. Join us as we explore a wide range of topics and tools to support you on your wellness journey. Welcome, welcome back, Go Hard Chicks. This is episode 128, and this is your host, Crystal Holmes. And Go Hard Chicks, this episode is a good one. If you have been listening, in January 2024, I released three episodes about weight loss resistance, my blueprint for a happier and healthier life, and I I released an episode about strength training. I really wanted to get an expert on to discuss these issues further since so many of you expressed difficulties with weight loss as you have entered mid life. I'm excited to welcome board certified geriatric pharmacist, certified fitness professional, and certified nutrition coach, Amy K. Wilson. Amy is super knowledgeable and she's a hoot. She is so much fun. I had such a great time during this conversation. We discussed everything from the importance of ditching yo-yo diets, strength training, and nutritious eating in midlife. We touched on blood sugar regulation, stress, sleep, and even Ozempic. For all the ladies out there that feel overwhelmed and can't seem to navigate through the hormonal changes we face as we enter midlife, this episode is for you. Speaking of overwhelm, do you feel drained by midday? I hear you. I've been on the hunt for an energy booster that won't leave me crashing later on. And let me tell you, I found the solution, go hard chicks. Enter Magic Mind, a little shot that has completely transformed my mornings. As I strive for a healthier and more vibrant life, maintaining steady energy levels throughout the day has been key. Caffeine alone wasn't cutting it anymore, and I found myself reaching for cup after cup as the day went on. But with Magic Mind, I'm back on track. It's like it's like the ultimate energy drink for your mind, providing mental clarity, focus, and productivity without all the jitters or the crash. Plus, it enhances my coffee experience because, you know, I love a good cup of coffee. And it allows me to drink less but still enjoy the benefits of caffeine. One shot of Magic Mind alongside my morning coffee, and I'm set for my entire day. Magic Mind's unique blend of ingredients, think matcha, ashwagandha, and lion's mane mushrooms, supercharges my focus, reduces my stress, and promotes better sleep. So I'm thrilled to share this discovery with you especially for those days when you're not feeling your best. And guess what? The amazing team at Magic Mind has an exclusive offer just for the Go Hard Chick listeners. Head over to magicmind.com backslash go hard and use code GOHARD20 to get up to 56% off your first subscription or Use my code GOHARD20 alone for 20% off a one-time purchase. Check out the show notes for the link and unleash your natural, healthy flow state with Magic Mind. Now, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode with the fabulous GoHard chick, Amy K. Wilson. 
Welcome to the Go Hard Chick Podcast, Amy. How are you? I am great. How are you, Crystal? I'm doing I'm doing really well. I feel like it's been a long time since I've actually spoken to a guest, so I'm really excited to have you on. <laughs> Isn't that awesome when I do that like for my YouTube channel? I'm like, oh wow, I don't have to do all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I, you just have no idea, Amy. I'm going to let you roll with this one today. <laughs> oh, awesome. Let me get on my soapbox now. <laughs> Warning. I'm getting on my soapbox, people. So you might want to strap right. in for this one. Grab your coffee. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about, like, I did touch on this in one of my episodes. I did a solo episode recently um, about menopausal weight gain, basically. And I got a lot mm-hmm. of questions, so I'm really excited to have someone to come on and talk about this um, in more detail. So before we jump in, though, Amy, please just introduce yourself to the listeners. Let them know who you are, what you do. Okay. My name is Amy K. Wilson, and yes, I go by Amy K. because do you know how many Amy Wilsons there are <laughs> on the planet? It's a lot. But anyway, uh, I am a board-certified geriatric pharmacist, which means I'm a long-term care uh, pharmacy consultant. I am a certified nutrition coach. I use a platform called The Faster Way to Fat Loss to Coach. And then I've also been in the fitness industry since I was 17. So, oh, yeah, I'll do the math here in a minute. But it's been a long time, over 30 years. And I have fitness industry, meaning I have started back in the days of Jane Fonda, leotards, leggings, headbands, big hair, high low. So I've seen all the trends. I've seen everything. And I've been I've been a part of all the diets, all the trends. And so what I've done now is I call myself the nutrition coach pharmacist. And I've brought all three of those modalities together. So the pharmacy, the nutrition, and the fitness. And honestly, my mission is in life is to keep you out of my nursing homes and to keep you strong and healthy and living your best life. And that really needs to start in midlife. We have a kind of like a narrow window to get together and it's now or never. And sometimes you have to realize that it's time to change and it's time to change our courses. And it doesn't mean that it's that you're doomed. It just means that we kind of pivot to make things better. I love that. Now, as you know, I think I mentioned before, a lot of the listeners of the Go Hard Chick podcast, they're a lot like me. We, I'm in in midlife, you know, and Mm -hmm. they're struggling and they've got lots of questions with their weight loss. And I, I did a previous episode, I think it was 125 and it was just about, you know, go all in, eat well, all of this. But then I thought, you know what? I didn't really talk about the hormonal piece um, because there may be some women out there that are kind of working hard, but just aren't getting the results. So what, what are some common factors that contribute to that? I don't know, weight gain during midlife. So a lot of it goes back to our teenage years and you don't want to think about this, but when did you start dieting? And the kind of dieting that we did, it's all been yo-yo. It's all been fad diet. It's been these quick fixes. Every time we did that, we lost muscle mass. Every time we went and tried to get into the skinny jeans or the prom dress or the wedding, being the bridesmaid, you know, you, you can remember all the times that you've started these crash diets, you lost weight for a hot minute and then you gained it back and then it brought friends, which is so frustrating. It's so frustrating mentally. It's frustrating physically. We're on this constant diet roller coaster that all we think about is how bad food is and how bad it makes us. Well, the problem is every time we did that, we slowed our metabolism down. That's why a diet stops working. You're like, it worked before. I had these great results and then it stopped working. Well, because we have been chasing skinny for so long and not chasing health and not chasing strength that now it comes to midlife. And I always say that, you know, those places that like the cash app where you have to, you can get a cash advance on your Mm -hmm. paycheck. We kind of been doing that with our bodies. Every time that we did this, yo-yo dieting, we're borrowing from the future. So all of a sudden, 40s, 
mid forties, fifties comes up and it's the perfect storm. Our estrogen goes lower. Testosterone goes a little bit lower. Our metabolism we think goes to a screeching halt. The problem is it's been slower because every time we lost muscle mass, it has decreased. And then we add in perimenopause and menopause. And now we're like, wait a minute. And ladies, I was there. I understand this. It's like, where are the inches coming from? Why are my hips getting bigger? Why am I working out all the time? I'm not eating anything. And things are, oh, I mean, I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror. I was, and I'm teaching fitness classes. I'm the one that people are looking to and saying, well, she can't get it together. What the heck am I doing here? And I get that. I get that, that feeling, the just feeling frustrated. I, it's, it's, it's the worst feeling in the world. I called it, I call it my stay puff marshmallow boy phase because I felt like, you know, the Ghostbusters, I felt like a marshmallow. That's what I felt like. And what we have to realize is that yes, we can help this time, but number one is getting off the diet roller coaster. We have to understand that we are under eating a lot. We're not getting enough protein. And we think we might be doing healthy. We think we might be eating clean, but it's a ultra processed clean of healthy convenience foods. So, you know, what cereal are you eating? Are you eating a cereal that says it's it's going to help you lose weight if you have a bowl a day? What what protein bars are you eating? Are they similar to the the nutrition in a Snickers bar? What shakes are you drinking? Is it loaded with artificial sweeteners? And then are you even getting enough? And then how much cardio are you doing? Now, I'm not going to say don't do cardio because cardiovascular fitness is very, very important. But we have a tendency to put too much, I say weight into cardio fitness and thinking that is what's going to help us burn fat because let's face it, that's what we've been told. A lot of the things that we believe are things that we've been told through the years and we're like, but, 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 but they say to burn more calories, calories, you got to do a lot more cardio and you have to eat less. That's what sets us up for failure. And that's what got us to this point. So now we have to start looking at weightlifting. Now we have to start looking at fueling our bodies. Are we going to get back to our 16-year-old self that, you know, what if whatever your best self was? Probably not. And you have to be okay with the person you are now and the body that you can create now. Because we're amazing. It's like we're in our midlife. This is the time that we've learned to say, you know what? I don't need that younger self anymore. She had so many insecurities. Now it's time to come into my own and be okay with who I am. Because I'll tell you, no matter how many inches you lose, if you're not happy with yourself today, you won't be happy with yourself tomorrow. Oh my gosh. You said a mouthful, Amy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I I was taking notes because I wanted to remember some things. Okay. But let me, if you don't mind, can we start at the top? No. Because we- Yeah. I am feeling like a lot of the women that listen and women in general, they don't know where they stand hormonally. They're not going into their doctors like they should. They're not asking Mm. questions. Um, So I kind of want to start there, if you don't mind. Like, what should they be doing to make sure? figure out where their hormones are, who should they be talking to? What should they be looking for? What should they be doing? (laughs) Yeah. So that's a really good question because there's a lot of physicians out there who won't test you and you have to be your own self-advocate. I was lucky enough to have a practitioner who's like, okay, when I started having some symptoms, we went ahead and did a whole hormone panel because you have to know where you're starting to know what's going on. So even though I was still having a period, it was sporadic, we knew I was in perimenopause, we went ahead and did the whole panel. Now, for me, it's personal and it's up to each individual. I am on bioidenticals. I will be honest with that. But I was still gaining weight when I was on bioidenticals. So let me tell you that it's not the, oh my God, I can take this and the weight goes off. No, okay, it doesn't work so that way. Before before I let you keep going, just for folks that don't know, what yeah. are bioidenticals? 
Bioidenticals are hormones that are similar to the hormones that my own body used to produce. So they are compounded. Um, I go to a compounding pharmacy. My practitioner prescribes those. We watch my levels very closely because that's also another thing is that you don't go somebody who just kind of like just says, Hey, here you go. See you later. Come back in five years. Now you want to be somebody who is one, your advocate and also is on the journey with you and understands what's going on. And that might take some research that might take feel. I have a, um, virtual naturopath physician who does this. If anybody, you know, if you want to reach out to me after the podcast, I'd love to give you her name. She's amazing. Um, and those are things that you need to understand is that when you are on this road, and it's the same thing in nutrition and fitness. You don't know what you don't know. And you can't just throw a certain supplement at it. You can't just go to a, somebody, a boutique, because there's a lot of hormone boutiques out there. They're not safe. And they're like, oh, let's just put a pellet in you. Let's just do this. And yeah, you, will you feel better? Yes, you will. But you want to make sure that it's being individualized for you. So my biggest thing is go get those tests. And not only those tests, your hormone tests, go get an A1C, which is your, a diabetes marker, prediabetes. Get your whole lab panels done because when we start healing the body from the inside, certain levels will get better. Certain levels might go down. Certain levels might go up. And that's what's very important. And you can't just treat your body as, oh, well, I'm just going to do the hormones here. And then maybe I'll do the diet here. And then maybe I'll do this over here. No, it's one big system that likes to work together. And so what we want to do is like a holistic approach where we're really looking at you as an individual. And that's the kind of practitioner that you want to find. Someone who's going to look at you as an individual, go ahead and get those labs, get your baseline and be with, be with you on the journey of perimenopause and then menopause, which is one year without having a period and then beyond menopause, which is, you know, after, after the menopausal so make sure that you're with somebody that you trust. Make sure you're with somebody who listens and you're just not another number or a, a quote unquote, just a patient. Make sure that you're on somebody that with somebody who is going to be there with you as a guide and really is advocating for you too. Now let's, let's talk about, let's talk about diet. Like what, <laughs> what changes do folks have to make? Now I know you did mention like leave the ultra processed stuff alone. What, what should people be doing? It's getting back to the basics. It's getting back to real food. It's getting back to eating protein again, eating carbohydrates. Yes, ladies, our thyroids need carbohydrates. We absolutely need carbohydrates. What we don't need is the simple carbohydrates. The, the, the way I would put it is like, if you can throw some water on something and it just dissolves, yeah, that's a simple carbohydrate, like mm -hmm. a piece of bread, a candy bar, something like that. It has no fiber, no nutritional value. Can you incorporate those? Absolutely. You know, this girl needs her chocolate chip cookie every once in a while. But what, for the most part, what you want is to eat your fruits, your vegetables, your protein, which could be meat, fish, chicken. If you're vegan, it's going to be tofu and some other options. And then also we can't forget about fat because our hormones need fat. Our bodies need fat. And so it's getting back to the basics of eating real food, things that don't come out of a package, things that aren't chemically enhanced, processed, flavored. And that's kind of difficult because we've gotten into this convenience of, oh, let's get this, let's get that. Now, can you get healthy convenience food? You absolutely can. What I'm talking about is things like ultra processed foods, things that have the additives, added chemicals, added preservatives, added colors, added sugars. So if anything, this is added, added this, you know, look, I, a good example is Fruit Loops, right? It has all these vitamin minerals. Um, they got added. That wasn't <laughs> right. there in the first place. The Fruit Loops are artificial colors. And because it has vitamins, doesn't mean it's healthy. It had added vitamins and minerals. So if we get back to the basics and eat real food, that's a good stepping stone. Okay. Okay. Now let me ask you, because we're on the real food thing. What about alcohol? Cause I get that question a lot. Uh, you're not going <laughs> to like this. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> alcohol is a drug. And I'm going to explain to you in pharmaceutical ways. Yes. Alcohol is great. You think alcohol lets winds you down. It really doesn't. 
But what happens is when you drink alcohol, your body's like, whoa, hey, huh? What, 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 what is this? And then it's like, oh, foreign object. Okay, body, stop metabolism, stop all processes. Everything's going to the liver, get it out. And that's what happens. And so if you are drinking every single night, wind down night, you know, five o'clock somewhere, need that alcohol every single night, you are going to increase your fat stores. You're going to decrease your metabolism, which is what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Now, can you have a glass of wine here and there? Yes, you can work that in. But if you're using alcohol as, I will say as a drug, as an anti-anxiety, as something to get through the night, then it's not going to serve you with what the fitness or the body that you're trying to obtain, you're actually going like three steps backwards and not forward at all. So you could have this great, you're doing, you know, counting your macronutrients, you're counting how much protein, fat, and carbohydrates you're doing. You're like, oh, but it fits. I have it fitting into my, you know, cause this I'm, I'm taking out so much fat, so much this I'm, it fits. No, it's still not going to get you forward. And if you're okay with that, then be okay with that. But if you're looking at, well, why can't I lose the mid-fluff? Why can't I lose this middle stuff? Why am I not seeing gains? It's going to be partly blaming the alcohol. It is. Yeah. Now, I loved, I just wanted to bring this up because it was something I never thought about. Like, just how you mentioned the on and off yo-yo dieting that we've done probably since we were teenagers, or at least Mm -hmm. for me. I definitely can remember college starting. That's where my dieting probably started. And it just never occurred to me just the muscle loss, because I will say I didn't really start lifting weights until my mid late thirties. And it just never occurred to me that, yeah, yeah. Muscle loss. Think about how many times you went on a diet, whether it was in Cosmo or you read on it somewhere else or, okay, cabbage soup diet. Yeah. Um, the Mayo Clinic one, which had hot sauce and maple syrup and it was some yes. kind of crazy yes, one, right? I did that. <laughs> right? <laughs> what was it called? The, the lemonade diet? Yeah, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And then, and then, cleanse, then my favorite cleanse, is, and, yes. and none of these are, you know, because that Mayo, that's not a Mayo Clinic diet. Then there's another one that is the like boot camp diet that is supposedly to get ready for boot camp, which is absolutely, that's not. Um, I turned orange in college because all I ate was carrots. I mean, it was all these extreme yeah. things that we did. And I'm with you. I didn't really start picking up weights seriously until about four years ago. I've always weight lifted, but it was always like in group fitness. It was always with the eight pounds, the 12 pounds, the lighter weights. And when this is going to, this is, this is another reason why we've done all the things that we've done to our bodies. Okay. I taught a lot of classes. I had people who came to all my classes. So they were doing the exact same thing I was. I was under eating, overworking out. So all that time where I thought I was burning fat, because that's what we're told, I was burning muscle. Mm-hmm. So all those high repetitions is going to get you long and lean as BS, ladies. I don't care what anybody says. You know, whether it's Jennifer Aniston or that's like, oh, but I do Pilates, I'm gonna get long and lean. No, I'm five five and I am German. I am stocky. It's not gonna happen. But I can lift, and when I started lifting heavy is when I got smaller. We're not gonna be Arnold. We're not gonna be these people on stage. That is a specific protocol. What we're doing is lifting heavy. And we're building muscle, which is going to help our metabolism, which is going to help our health, which is going to help our longevity, which is going to help our bones, which is going to get rid of the muffin top that we so want to, you know, decrease and get rid of. And you know what? You're going to get a booty in the process, which thank God booties are in. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I tell people. I'm like, you know, they'll make comments. So-and-so lost the weight so fast. She looks great, Mm. but she doesn't, you know, lift weights. And I'm like, I wonder what she looks like naked. I wonder what she looks like on the inside. Right. <laughs> and that's what people don't realize. Like, and you know, with all the 
the stuff that's going around right now, the medications, when you lose weight that fast, you are losing muscle. And when you lose muscle, lack of better terms, you're going to be in my nursing homes very quickly because now you are aging faster. And I don't know about you, but in midlife, that's the thing that we're like, no, 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 no. And and when we were, when we were 16, we want to be 18. When we were 18, we want to be 21. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 no. Time, slow down, slow down. I don't need these little wrinkles. I don't need the gray hair. We don't want to age faster. And every time that we go on one of those crash diets, we lose muscle. We're aging ourselves. Yes. Yes. Muscles are a fountain of youth. Yes. And and that's what I tell people. Like, don't be afraid of lifting weights. Yeah. You know, someone at, I I mentioned that I say this all the time. And someone asked me the other day, the other day, um, well, do I have to lift heavy? Yes. (laughs) What do you mean? Do you want to lift five pounds? Like we don't (laughs) have the testosterone to get big. I used to have this conversation with my mom all the time. Well, I'll, 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 I'll be a linebacker. I build muscle very well. I'm like, or very fast. I'm like, but you know, it's it's in our head that we think we're going to get this he she woman bulky that I don't know I don't know where that came from. Um, probably back I would say I would say back in the fifties when women started to lift weights, and I think men were scared of that, and so they're mm. like, "But you need to stay feminine, and if you lift, you'll be a male." That's not the case at all. Lifting helps prevent osteoporosis. Lifting helps prevent disease. Lifting is going to keep you from falling, from breaking your hip. And you may not be thinking that in your 40s and 50s. You're like, oh, well, that's going to be my 80s or 90s. Now's our time to train for our 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah, it's going to be here a lot sooner than most of us think, you know? Think how quickly you can look back in your 20s and going, man, where did time go? Well, it's only a, only a matter of time before that comes up. So I always say people, it's like, well, what would you tell your younger self? Okay, younger self, peace out, been there, done that, did it. She's not listening. She thought she knew everything. She did. I'll be honest. I thought I knew everything. But I can look at myself in the mirror and see my future self and see my future self looking back at me and saying, you are doing everything that you can to to preserve this body, to make it where it's strong, to make it where it's healthy so that you're not having someone else have to take yeah. care of you. And I think that's what we need to start looking at and have that dialogue about health and strong and longevity and not skinny yeah. and losing weight. Cause get rid of the skill ladies. Yeah. Just get rid of it. It's not your friend. Now you mentioned something, uh, just, I think in talk in your conversation, you just mentioned that, folks, some people are dealing with lower testosterone. Um, mm-hmm. Any tips on how to deal with that? It's another thing about getting your levels checked. So I found out very um, when I had my levels checked, my testosterone was in the toilet. I had nothing. And I'm it's another compound I'm on is a testosterone cream. I'm not a big fan of pellets. So if anybody's heard of pellets and the reason I'm not a fan of pellets is because once they put that in you, it's a certain amount of time and it's the same amount that is, that is released throughout. And you're like, Oh, that's probably good. Not necessarily. Your body doesn't really need that much. And so if you work with a practitioner, like I only use mine five days a week. And the thing is too, is that I was using it six and I had some side effects that I was noticing when I was getting kind of I was like flat turbed, pissy, um, which is like everything was kind of green on my nerves. I'm like, ah, I think this, and we were green. I'm like, yeah, let's back it off a little bit. And, I, and the other things, I, I didn't care. I'm like, oh, okay. So you want to be working with a less wise way. You have to work with a practitioner who listens and understands. And so now I'm at the perfect dose. Here's the other thing too, is that when I started lifting heavier, it actually helped my testosterone levels too. So I was able to back off on the medication because lifting heavier was helping increase my testosterone. Now, does that mean that I'm going to get a mustache? No. But just like men have estrogen, and this is a big thing with estrogen with men, we're seeing a very big increase of estrogen in men because of fat tissue. If someone has 
uh, you see in the man boobs and men, that means they have a lot of estrogen. Same thing with females. We have testosterone and some people who have had PCOS or other issues have probably a higher level of testosterone than, than most women. So the another, another reason why to get checked to make sure before you go on any supplementation that you know where your baseline yeah, is. Yeah. And cause, um, a few years back, my testosterone was really low. Um, but as you said, it, it, as I lifted in the gym and continued to, to progress with my weightlifting, it did come up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a great tip. Now I want to talk about, I got like all these notes. I, I don't want to forget. <laughs> you mentioned A1C and someone recently contacted me, asked me questions because this person is, she's concerned about her A1C. And she mentioned that, you know, gosh, I've been eating, I've been doing better and it's just, nothing's working. So why do I even need to do this? And I was like, well, how long have you been doing this? And it was really only like a month <laughs> that she's been doing a little better. Talk to us about A1C, especially how, what we could be experiencing in midlife and our A1C, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Absolutely does. So for those of you guys who don't know what A1C, A1C is hemoglobin. Um, hemoglobin A1C is a it is a marker for diabetes. It is a test that we use. If you want to think about it as a snapshot, it will look back 90 days to see how your sugar was. Now, what sucks in midlife? Okay, estrogen goes lower, and so our diabetes risk goes up, and so does our cholesterol. All these things that estrogen estrogen is a freaking powerhouse of of a of a hormone. I mean, it really is. It does so many things to protect us. And then it goes away and you're like, peace out. You're good. No. And I was the same way. I was pre-diabetic and I'm like, wait, wait, my A1C was going up. I'm teaching all these classes. I'm not eating. Why is this? Why is this? I'm like, it can't just be because it runs my family, which it does. I have the diabetes gene, but I thought I was doing everything right. So here's what you have to think about with an A1C. 90 days, three months snapshot. It's going to take a good six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks to start reversing the process. And I know we talked about this before and the person's like, well, well, why do I even eat healthy? If it's not going to do anything, why am I going to eat healthy? Because you don't want to end my nursing home. And you can't expect these changes that you're doing to be Amazon Prime. I always say, if you're working with me, the day that you start work with me is day one. We don't stop. It's not 10 days, 21 days, six weeks. Yeah, well, your initial thing is going to be six weeks, but that's just building the foundation. It doesn't stop until you stop breathing. And that's what we have to think about. We cannot think about diets anymore. We now need to think about nutrition. So with an A1C, you have a number that is considered pre-diabetic, and that's usually around maybe 5.8, 5.9, 6. It depends on what lab you go to. The higher you go with that number, is diabetes. Can you reverse it? Can you bring it down? Absolutely. But it's going to take a couple things. It's going to take one, no alcohol. And the biggest misnomer is that, oh, I can't eat fruit. Fruit has sugar. So therefore, BS. Fruit has micronutrients that you need. Fruit has carbohydrates that you need. It's everything else that you're eating. Don't take one thing like, oh, I have high cholesterol. I can't have eggs. Oh, but you're drinking and eating a bunch of sugar. Mm-mm. No, no, no. So what we want to look at is, okay, your nutrition. Are you hitting your protein goals for the day? Are you eating fat? Are you eating carbohydrates? And yeah, maybe you can't do as many carbohydrates as somebody who has no issues, but you still need carbohydrates. So that's number one. Are you getting your macronutrients, your protein, your fat, and your carbohydrates? Number two, are you moving your body daily or are you sedentary? Because just going for a walk after you eat is going to dramatically decrease your blood sugar. Because what happens is you eat, things get broken down, blood glucose goes up in your blood. Now, if you go for a just a five to 10 minute good brisk walk, that's going to pull the glucose out of your blood because guess what uses glucose? Muscle. Now let's talk about your muscle. A huge reason why you need to build muscle is that the more muscle you have, the more insulin receptors you have. 
So type 2 diabetes is like, kind of like to say an easy way is that you have these insulin receptors on your muscles. And for lack of better terms, we haven't been eating very well. We haven't. And so we have been spiking our blood sugar. Now, before you give insulin the bad rap, it's doing its job. Insulin is not a bad hormone. Every time that we eat spike blood sugar, insulin's released, and its job is to pull it and get it into the muscle. The problem is, is that when you're not eating very well, maybe you're eating a lot of simple carbohydrates, maybe you're not getting protein, maybe you're not moving, those insulin receptors get pretty tired because they're always being worked. And they're like, talk to the hand, I don't need to hear you today. And they block it. And so the blood sugar keeps going up. The more the blood sugar goes up, the more it stays up, the higher the A1C. So if we can increase our insulin receptors and actually make them more sensitive again by weightlifting, by walking, now we're going to pull that blood glucose down. How cool is that? And then the third element is sleep. If you are not sleeping, you are setting yourself up for Alzheimer's, dementia, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, because it's the same thing. When you go to sleep at night, that's when your body recovers, regenerates. When you're not sleeping, and guess what? Menopause and perimenopause were like, yeah, that sleep, that's, you know, what, what happened to that? Why am I not sleeping? We need to work on that. We need to work on sleep hygiene because when you don't sleep, hello, cortisol. And cortisol and glucose are kind of synergistic. Cortisol, cortisol goes up, glucose goes up. So if you're waking up in the morning and the first thing you do is have co- coffee, you're actually bumping up your cortisol even more and you're bumping up your glucose even more. And if you're not sleeping, you know, when you sleep and you don't sleep, you're like, why am I so much sugar all day? Is because your body's craving energy, you're, you're tanking. And so if you're not sleeping, you're going to increase your chance of insulin resistance. You're going to decrease your insulin sensitivity. So going to bed the same time every night, getting up the same time every day, getting your walks in, doing your muscle work, and then also nutrition. And that is going to help decrease your A1C. It can't just be one thing. Oh, I'm just going to cut out carbs. No, it doesn't work that way. I'm just going to cut out alcohol. It doesn't work that way. You have to work on your nutrition. You have to work on your fitness and you have to yeah, work on your Yeah, I was going to, that was going to be my next question. I'm glad you brought up sleep because I realized probably a few months ago, I started wearing this whoop band. Um, my sleep sucked. <laughs> Oh, I have an Uber. I have, a, I have an and Uber. I was rig. like, yes. I had no idea. <laughs> so I had to make some changes, some real changes. And now mm-hmm. I feel like, well, I know it's getting better, but yeah, that, that sleep will really mess you up, ladies. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell. And I can tell on the nights that I don't do, I call it my sleep habit or sleep hygiene when I don't do my normal routine. If, a good example is we went to see Frozen, the musical, way past my bedtime. I had a drink that night and my sleep sucked. The restfulness, the where I never got into deep sleep ever that night. And you think that's why I said when you, people think about alcohol decreases their anxiety, it makes them relax. They sleep better. You really don't because you're don't get into REM sleep. You don't get into that deep sleep that you need, that recovery sleep. You might think that you are relaxed, but our bodies is so busy getting it out. It's not resting at all. It's not able to rebuild. It's not able to repair. And yeah, sometimes I, there's a there's something to be said for these fitness tractors trackers to give you that information. Now it's what you do with that information. That's important. I don't want anybody to be like getting all OCD about it. Cause that's what other people do. And they just like, it's good to get that information to know where you start. Just like you need your labs. You need to know how to improve. I'm all about biohacking. So I'm always trying to improve without going overboard. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that's the thing, getting, getting the information. I try to encourage everybody you got to get the information. You got to pull the labs. If you want to wear one of these bands or a ring or whatever, get one of those too. But you got to have the information. Oh my gosh, this is so good. And then you need to be willing to change. That's the big thing. Yes, you have the information, but are you willing to change your habits? Are you willing to build new habits? Are you willing to do it right and not to the extreme? 
because the extreme is just as bad. Yeah. Okay. One more piece that I want to touch on. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me about stress, Amy. Whew. <laughs> well, which kind of stress? Because <laughs> this is what's kind of funny is that your body views good stress and bad stress the same way. What? No. Yeah, it does. And it's all how we handle stress. So when we think about stress, we think about the job, the kids, the husband, the hurried life, all that. We don't think about exercise as being a stress. Mm -hmm. And we think that three hours in the gym, I'm guilty of this. I used to teach three hours plus do more. And I didn't think about that stressing out my body. I thought that was my go-to happy place. I was doing all the things. I'm doing my cardio every single day and didn't realize I was stressing out my body. Now, let's back up a little bit. When I was 29, I blew my back out from being an exercise addict. I didn't think anything of it because I'm like, oh, okay, it's not smoking, it's not drinking. But I was stressing the crap out of my body that my body blew. It blew. I look at back at that now and understand. Back then, I'm like, oh, you know, it's it happens, fix me, and I'm back at it. So any stressors we have, whether it's bad stress in a stressful life or the or we consider good stress where we're doing all this extra stuff is not good for our body. So if you're working out all the time, what can you do? Back off. You don't need to be doing hours of cardio every day. Yes, you need to go for a walk. Midlife, hit twice a week. You don't need to be going to these boutiques and doing hit every single day. I realize you paid good money for that. And the question and thing is, is like, oh, I paid all this money. So therefore I need to go use it every single day and all these hours. No. And yes, will you see results right away? Yeah, because you're really overtaxing your body. But once again, you're breaking down your muscle. You are not increasing your muscle. So then what happens is you're like, you start gaining weight. You're like, I'm going. So I need to go another hour. I need to go another day. It's your body telling you to back off that you need active recovery. You need just to go for a walk, do some yoga. If you have a Peloton, it's an endurance ride or a low impact ride. You don't have to do the crazy hit rides every single day. And what does that do? When you do active recovery, your body's like, oh, okay, I can rebuild, recover, rest, regenerate all the R's. And understanding that, yes, stress can help, but way too much stress, whether it's good or bad stress, body sees it the same way, and it can actually hinder our results. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I did touch on that in one of my solo episodes, but I wanted, I'm so glad you reiterated that because like you said, I, I was speaking to someone, um, I think right around new year's and she's like, Oh, you look great. What are you doing? This is what I plan on doing. I'm going to do an hour in the morning and then an hour after work. And I was like, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't, I don't do that much. You know, you don't, I don't think, you know, you, you're going from zero. Like you haven't been doing anything, you know, be gentle with yourself. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, the, um, excuse me, the only people I need really do two a days is if you're getting ready to go on stage and that's hard and that's hard on your body too. You can, and for females, especially it's hard mentally to do yes. that and go back to what's normal. Understand that I used to think that all that exercise is okay. I was an exercise addict. I was addicted to the endorphins, addicted to them. Me too. And you can easily get, especially and sometimes with weightlifting too, you can get addicted to that kind of like that exercise high. So you have to understand that it needs to be done for a holistic approach. It needs to be done in a healthier approach. That all or none attitude doesn't serve us. It's progress over perfection. All or none makes it where January 1st is a good example. January 1st. I'm going to clean out my pantry. I just joined the gym. I'm going to be there every day at 5.30 when they open. And yeah, what happens by January 12th, January 14th, it's all out the window. Because you're trying to change too many things at one time and you're doing all or none. Instead of adding little things. If you are not a 5.30 in the morning person, you are never going to be a 5.30 in the morning person. Believe me. I used to see it all the time because I taught 5.30 in the morning classes and people would get so upset at the gym. Oh my God, the parking lot's full. 
But the, you know, they were right. They're like, we'll just wait in two weeks. They'll be gone. And it was true. Maybe one or two would stay around because they found their groove and they, they are a morning person, but the majority, no. So if you're not someone who's going to get up at 5.30 in the morning, why are you trying to do that? Okay, maybe you're better mid-afternoon. Maybe you're better at lunch hour. Maybe you're better right after work. That's the best thing about working with a coach is that we're going to help you figure out what works for you. Same with nutrition. I'm going to help you figure out what works for you because I can give you a blueprint. I have a blueprint I can give you. It will give you great ideas. But we all have a blueprint. You can Google a blueprint. It doesn't work. You have to have someone who's going to help you with behaviors. You have to have someone who's going to help you with habits and building new ones and working through ladies. We are our own worst enemy. We are our own biggest bully. We talk ourselves out of so many things or tell us that we suck, that we're not worthy. And you need someone to say, no, you are worthy. You're fierce. You can do this. And when you have that person in your corner, the sky's the limit on what you can accomplish. Yes. Yes. Now I want to touch on, cause you mentioned this, uh, Hmm. Ozempic. Ah. <laughs> yes. GLPs. Okay. What do you think, Amy? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you two things. One, when they it is a huge breakthrough in the medical community. GLP-1s are a hormone that's found in your gut. It is a huge breakthrough in the fact that we now know a hormone can help with diabetes. A lot of things are hormone related. We know some, you know, cancers are hormone related. There's so many different things. The problem I have with Ozempic is when it's being used by itself as a lifestyle drug. It is, so there's Ozempic, there's Wagovi, which are both semaglutide. There's Monjero, um, Trulicity, there's some other ones, but you'll hear mostly about Ozempic, Wagovi, and Monjero. Those are the big three. I understand the reason why to be on it. I understand when you think you've tried everything. Well, more than likely what you've tried has been calorie counting, which we know doesn't work. It, you really need to focus on your macronutrients, your protein, your fat, your carbohydrates. Here's the problem if you are just on Ozempic. And believe me, I am not saying if this is bad. If you are not working with somebody, work with somebody because you are not intaking protein. And I, and I know it, but I'm not hungry. This is great. For the first time, the voices aren't going in my head about the cookie. This is the first time that I don't think about food. Okay, there's a problem with that. There's a disconnect. We can do that not thinking about food with nutrition. The problem is, is we've starved ourselves so much that our hormones, ghrelin and leptin, are doing their job and saying, you, girlfriend, you need to eat. Because guess what? We're overfed, undernourished. We eat so much junk that we don't get the nutrition. When you don't get the nutrition, your body's going, feed me. And it's sending those signals. And that's why you're hungry. But when we can increase your protein, GLP-1 will work naturally. Because remember, it's a hormone that's already found in our body. So when we start eating fiber. When we start eating protein, we can actually biohack ourselves to have that GLP-1 work. Now, when you're on that medication or thinking about going on the medication, here's some things you need to know. You stop eating. That's that's one of the side effects. Is one of the least amount of side effects. But when you stop eating, remember we talked about how important muscle is? You are now going to lose muscle because you are not fueling your body. Your body needs amino acid. Where do you think it's going to get it? From the muscle. Your body will need some glucose. Where's it going to get it? It's going to pull it from the muscle. It's going to break it down. Now, this is scary for midlife. Your body needs vitamins and minerals. Where's it going to get it from? The bones. So what we're probably going to see in five years, something I'm calling old lady syndrome, is that we're going to see 35, 40, 45-year-olds who will have osteopenia or osteoporosis, who have sarcopenia, which is um, loss of muscle tissue. That's scary. That is. You don't want diseases of, of aging that you shouldn't see until your 80s or 90s frailty. We shouldn't see that in midlife at all. And if you're in your 50s and 60s doing this, that's even that's even scarier because it's a, it's a quicker ride to the nursing home. We don't want that. Yeah. So if you're going to use this medication, one, we have to understand that skinny is not healthy. Having a figure... Having muscle is longevity. 
it's okay to have curves. It's okay to have a booty and legs. It's okay to have a little bit of body fat. We're not meant to be ripped. And we have this disconnect in what we think needs to be done or that waif-like look, especially especially us who grew up in the 80s because that was the big thing. It's like all the models and at least Cindy Cindy Crawford was one of the ones that was actually athletic, but a lot of them were waif-like. And we think that's what we're trying to get. And that's not healthy. So that's one of the side effects. The other side effect is what's called gastroparesis. It's the total shutdown of your stomach. The kicker is it's not reversible. So now you're trying to lose 20, 25 pounds, and now you have this lifetime disorder that's called gastroparesis. And pros and cons, when you're looking at this medication, all we think about, oh my God, it's something's going to help me lose weight. Sign me up. It's great. It's great. But if it's going to get you on the road to a nursing home faster, if it's going to increase your chance of osteoporosis, if it's going to increase your chance of losing muscle, just to get in those skinny jeans... Is it worth it? And that's something that you have to decide. I can't decide that for you. I know for me, it's not. I work in the nursing homes every single day. I see 50-year-olds in the nursing homes. I see 40-year-olds, all due to lifestyle. That's That's not a way of life that I want to be. That's not a way of life I want for you. I want you to be amazing. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be strong. And I want you to be able to change the narrative that fierceness is amazing, having muscle is amazing. Being skinny, you can be skinny fat. I, if you're if you are naturally skinny, great. I still want you to have muscle. And if you are, you know, bigger, we can get you smaller with muscle and decrease your body fat over time because it's not fast. And I don't care what that scale says because you know what? I have clients who haven't lost one pound, but they've lost four dress sizes. That means they lost body fat and they put on muscle. That is freaking amazing. And they're sleeping better. Their hot flashes are less. They feel good. Energy. It's it's amazing what happens when you get rid of that chronic inflammation and start focusing on health and quit focusing on skinny. So if you want to be on these medications, I get it. Go in with eyes wide open. If you're on these medications and you want to get off, please work with somebody because it's also psychological. I have people who come to me and they don't want to go off. They feel like they feel horrible. They've lost the weight and they don't know what to do, but they don't want to go off because they're afraid to gain the weight up back. That's a psychological dependence. Yeah. And now big pharma's going, Oh, well, you know what? We know you lose, we know you lose muscle. We're going to come up with a medication that causes you to keep muscle. Okay. That's great for someone who has MS. That's great for some of these, some of these diseases. But now you guys are working on that because it's the side effect of a drug. So you're looking at this drug. Okay, I'm going to be on this dr- other drug. It causes nausea, so I'm going to be on this drug. It causes constipation, so here's another drug I'm going to be on. And now you're a walking pharmaceutical. Yeah. So off soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Amy, I see some scary things. Um even from doctors, like the stuff they post, they're posting stuff, come get your old Zempic. And I'm like, because what are we doing here? Because you have to understand when was the last cash cow of a pharmaceutical? Viagra. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now we have another cash cow and some people are just opening practices with this and taking cash and not insurance. So that's another way. Yeah. Unfortunately, the diet industry is a $3 billion industry. They know we will spend money on anything to lose weight. They know that. Yeah. And then, you know, hello women, they prey upon our psyche and that those voices in our head, they prey upon that and they're not in it for your best interest. And the other thing too is like, you know, doctors don't have time. They don't have those appointments that have 15, 30 minutes. So if they get somebody with a high A1C or hypertension and they're like, you need to lose weight. Well, before they would say, okay, which drives me nuts. They say cut carbs or do something or don't eat more than 1200 calories. They give them horrible advice because they don't know nutrition very well. Some do, some don't, but a good majority don't. And on your way, now they have something they can prescribe. Now they feel like they can do something because they have something to prescribe. 
it may not be the best thing, but now they have something that they can give when they thought they couldn't do it before. Yeah. Oh, Amy, this was great. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to think, did I miss anything that I wanted? To, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to share? I just want people to know because I don't want to leave it on like, oh, she's, you know, leave it on a low note. I always say, people always say, what's the secret sauce? I'm like, you're the secret sauce. If you want to change, if you want to do the things, like I have a client right now who just signed up with me and she asked me, hey, do you have people that have reversed type two diabetes and and hypertension. And I'm like, and got off their medication. I'm like, yeah, I have. And I said, but here's the deal. One, they are freaking awesome. And they put their foot down and said, no more. I am going to get healthy. It was, it's like when someone says they're quitting smoking cold turkey and they just stopped. They had that, they had that lifestyle change and they started to identify themselves with someone who doesn't smoke. These people started to identify themselves with somebody who works out. They may not have worked out before, but they identify themselves with someone who works out. They start identifying themselves as somebody who eats well and starts tracking their food, not out of being OCD or then I hate the negative connotation because I used to be one that's like, oh my God, I can't track food because it puts me in this negative headspace. Well, yeah, it did because I was depriving myself so much I could tell you 1200 calories. I could like apple hundred calories. All right. There's a hundred calorie snack pack. None of the stuff I was eating was good to get to 1200 calories. I thought it was kind of clean because it was labeled healthy, but it wasn't. When you start tracking the food that you're eating, it's crazy how much you have to eat. It's crazy, especially when it's coming from real food and they go into it almost like on a mission that they want to get healthy they want to either stop what's going on in their family. They don't want to be end up like their mom or dad. And it's amazing to watch the transformation because like I said, they are the secret sauce. You are the secret sauce. If you decide that mm, I'm done, I'm not living this way anymore. I'm going to change. That's not to say that the those voices in our heads, they don't go away. I'm like, I'm the same way. When I see someone doing Ozempic, I'm, I'm pretty sure Kelly Clarkson is one of them. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Dang, you know, you see that. You're like, dang. But I also know that what I do is the right way. I'm healthy. I'm strong. Yes, I got some curves and that's okay. Because you talk you hear about Ozempic face and butt. Well, guess what? Our muscles have face. Our, our muscles are in our face. Our muscles are in our butt. It's not the fat that they lost. Yeah. So it's so curve is good. Muscles are good. Getting healthy is good. Getting strong is good. Embrace that and embrace the uniqueness of you because I think we're all fierce. We're fierce women and we're just amazing human beings. And it's about time, especially in midlife, we need to take care of it. Take care of ourselves because we deserve it. We do. Oh, Amy, thank you so much. But but I got I to gotta let you tell the listeners how they can find out more about you. If they want to follow you, they want to reach out to you, how can they learn more? Okay, so I'm going to give you two things that you can do. One, you can find me on my website, which is amykwilson.com. So it's amykwilson.com. You can leave a message there or you can find me on Instagram and I would love, you know, I'll, you know I hate to say it, it's a social media game, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, but you can find me at the nutrition coach pharmacist. That's the nutrition coach pharmacist. I would love to give you that five day blueprint just to get you started. It has a lot of recipes. It kind of gives you an guide on five days on what to eat. We didn't get into a whole thing, but it's kind of low carb a couple days and then what we call regular couple days. And then I give you two of my favorite recipes. One is a chili recipe, which tastes just like Wendy's. It, the rumor is, according to my mother, is that this is the recipe that Dave Thomas used and it's healthy. You can make it in the Instapot. You can make it on the stove. It's really good. And like five ingredients, my favorite, five ingredients or less, perfect. And all you have to do is message me, chick, because I will know that was this. And that I, you know, just message me, chick, and we'll get your email and I'll send you the five day blueprint, all free. So, Chick as like in go hard chick. Go hard chick. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Before we conclude this episode, I want to give a massive shout out to our incredible go hard chick community. Your support fuels my fire 
And I am so grateful for each one of you. If you love what you're hearing, share the love. At the heart of this podcast is the belief that we can all live a happier, healthier, and fuller life. So we need the word to get out to as many go hard chicks as possible so they too may gain valuable information by being a part of this community. And of course, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify. It really helps. Until next time, go hard chicks. Take care.